Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio, 99 The Game and 99 thegamecom Sam and Greg with you. 7 o'clock, I'll just sound you here, and we're going to be hearing that soon. It's the high school marching mass. That's McEachern High School Band. I knew that. Did you know that? I got the record. <laughs> you got the record. <laughs> I got it on disc. You, you probably hear them practicing. You're probably close enough you could hear them some nights. Yeah, probably. well, that, that stadium, the sound is, and they keep it in there pretty good. Yeah. You're going to build something that big, you might, you might want to, you know, build it so the sound stays in the stadium as opposed to just some salad bowl where it goes out. Well, they can do that at McEachern. Well, that's what I'm saying. So that's why they got a record. <laughs> it's top of the hour. And I say to you, good morning, Georgia. <laughs> morning. And a special good morning to you folks in Peachtree City. Oh, Peachtree City. It was Peachtree Corners earlier. Yeah. Now it's Peachtree Peach City. City. And yeah. you go make your was, golf cart joke. Well, go, go, drive <laughs> your golf cart. So wherever you're going down there, hey, man, park your car, right? Charge up charge up that golf cart. and go. How around. are they going to do electric cars where we, we all have them in the future and – we find ourselves in a massive thunderstorm, and Ooh. you go to charge your car, Ooh. and it's wow. under a foot of water. That ain't that ain't good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How Ooh. they gonna get around that? Uh, hey, I don't know. <laughs> I don't that's, know. My, that's my question as we move into using electric cars. I that's all don't I, I know. know. When you get around that, let me know. Everybody thinks it's a great idea, though. <laughs> <laughs> would really you? Do. Would do we have our guests ready to go? Leave so he's here. Well, would you in- absolutely, absolutely? Uh, man, I go. I won't. I, I won't say how far back I go with this man. Uh-oh. Uh But I'm happy to hear. We're going to find out how well his team is going to play for, at breakfast time here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, how I'm can sorry. you say that? I, well, well, you messed up. You know you did. Go ahead, do it again. Excuse me, coach. We got to get this right. Go ahead. Of you of all people messing this up. Well, no, the, 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 how they going to play in the, the biscuits and gravy game? Thank you. Uh, as far as the Cookie Kell Classic. Good morning, Coach Franklin Stevens from McEachin High morning, School. Morning, Coach. Good morning. How you guys doing? Uh, we're just full of caffeine this morning. We're just having some fun here. <laughs> <laughs> what is this time it's of year? Early this Saturday morning. Yes, yeah, sir. What is this time of year like for you as you head into a season? What are your days like? What's your what? preparation? you have a schedule down? or it, I mean, are you just walking through life excited about what's around the corner? Well, it's exciting right now because it's a new year, and always, you know, when you start that new year out, everybody has a chance to be a champion. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> zero and zero. Everybody's got the best defense, best offense, and uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like waiting on that that newborn baby. You know, you're just waiting to see what's going to happen with this year's team. Uh, it's not the same team as last year, but the other thing that you're dealing with is uh, you're dealing with school. School has started back, so now you've gone back from you know just with your summer workouts and being available all day long to now you're teaching classes and you're dealing with all the academic part of it. The kids are dealing with the academic part. It's just not all about football right now. 
So they're, they're, they're about being a student athlete. Then for us, you know, kind of like you guys were talking about the Brussels Bowl, you know, you're running around now trying to get these Courtney Kelly tickets finished up with. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, that you can, <laughs> so that you can get ready uh, for the Courtney Kelly game in a couple of weeks. And we just had a scrimmage last night. So uh, there's a lot going on right now. Not good, Coach. A whole lot going on, folks. This is Coach Franklin Stevens from McEachin High School, and he is social. You can find him on Twitter at Coach Stevens fifty six at Coach Stevens five six on Twitter. All right. So, how do you get your team ready to play a game at ten o'clock in the morning, Coach? Because you guys are the, the first ones well, up know, on Saturday. You know, Sam. Really, honestly, for me, I don't worry about playing ten. I love it. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better spot for our group is to play early in the morning because all during the summer. Our workouts are 7, 30, 12. So we're used to working. And then our kids love coming in. Some mornings we'll come in at 6 o'clock and we'll have a 6 o'clock practice. They love it because they're done for the day. They've got the rest of their day. So to uh, play the early morning game, I think last year we had a 9 o'clock game. Uh, it's it's great for us. And, you know, uh, you know if, if we play well, hey, man, our kids did a great job. If we don't play well, uh, we got to do a better job getting them prepared. But, you know, as far as frowning or uh, worrying about playing 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, that's nothing I, I worry about. I'd rather play 10 in the morning than play that late, late game because of the fact that now the day is kind of, you know, it's worn on you. But like I said, we, we do everything in the summertime. Then once a week, uh, sometimes twice a week, we have a 6 o'clock practice. So, um, and, and, and when we have those 6 o'clock practices, usually those are better practices. <laughs> 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 Coach, talking about the late game on the 20th at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Marietta and Grayson got that 7 o'clock kickoff. 4 o'clock before them is Walton and Mill Creek, and Brookwood follow you guys. Um, 1 o'clock, Brookwood and Norcross follow your game. This is what I think about when I think about if I were you with this team. The excitement that I would have watching the kids walk into Mercedes-Benz Stadium getting ready for that game and their eyes being in there, anytime you know a kid plays for the first time in a big stadium like that, are you are you anticipating just kind of puffing your chest out and enjoying watching them as you walk in there for the first time? Well, you do. You enjoy watching those guys going there and getting an opportunity. That's big for our principal at McEachern. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is our thirty first year at McEachern uh, playing in the um, Corky Kale. They played in it every year. If I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken. But, no, they have every uh, year. But it is exciting watching those guys. Let me tell you, what's very exciting when you. When you've been practicing in that heat all summer long, and all of a sudden you walk in that cool air, you're like, "Yeah, we got a great environment today to play in." So uh, that's that's the exciting part. But you know, knowing that those guys are getting a chance to play in a professional stadium and just kind of watching them walk or walk around on the field end of it, on the from a field perspective, as opposed to being up top and being a fan, getting an opportunity, you know, to be a participant down on that field and see the scoreboard and see themselves up on the big board and all those types of things. Yeah, that's, that's great. I, you know, I'm appreciative to our principal that it's important to her for us to do that. Coach Stevens, thoughts about preparation in this summer, and you've been one of the leaders of doing something uh, differently um, as far as, uh, you know, the off-season workouts. We always hear about the 707s and the different things. You've been uh, an advocate of something that's allowed for some more contact and really teaching tackling, really more fundamentals. Talk a little bit about that because the, the GHSA has allowed more schools to participate in this activity. Well, you know, every year I'm talking about uh, it used to be uh, it wasn't as governed as much, I would say, but now uh, we have these uh, helmet shoulder pad uh, contact camps. And, uh, you know, through Georgia High School, you get two of those a summer. You get one in June and one in July. And, uh, you know, we do one 
uh, both months. And every time we do it, it's about 12 teams. And our guys, you know, during the summertime, you know, from with uh, May, spring practice, and you move into June, they get tired of seeing one another. And then all of a sudden they get a chance to go in there and we get an opportunity to do, like you said, we do the 7-on-7, but, you know, that's for the skilled guys and all that kind of stuff. But, man, when we go to these contact camps, we get a chance to bring those linemen in. And, uh, you know, now they have a home and a responsibility. Now they can be part of it and we can be fully team. So, you know, after spring practice, really June and July, those contact camps are really the first time we can kind of get together and uh, see what we have as having a team against someone else as well. And the good thing about it is you get so many reps because you get, like I so said, you can work on your running game, you can work on your uh, full team passing game. And for me, it's about uh, getting great film to teach our kids off of. Like I said, we love the, we love the uh, competition part of it, seeing other people. Uh, we love the work that we get. But at the same time, uh, just being able to go in there, now you can show kids. And you got a lot of kids that get opportunities in those camps. And uh, you have that film that you can teach off of. And like I said, you know, it kind of prepares them for the season. You talk about tackling, they can go in there, you know, you can work on your fundamentals of tackling and blocking and, and, and those types of things. Spoken truly like a like an old, like an old lineman. I mean, you can tell this, <laughs> tell, tell this man play. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sam, I heard you talking earlier about, you know, how far we go back, and I was thinking before I got on the car, but, hey, you know me, Sam, I'll go back to about 1989, 1990. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hang on a second. Hey, coach, we need a story. <laughs> we need a story that you can tell on the air, of course. No, Sam, I don't really have a story. Sam was just a great broadcaster in, uh, in the Augusta area. I was at Burke County, and he worked uh, – in Augusta area at a news station, and uh, just so happened, um, I was selected as an office lineman player of the week. I was an office lineman. I ended up being player of the week, and he came down and did an interview with me and all that kind of stuff, and that's, that's the first time we met. And uh, since then, you know, uh, you know, we kind of went on a separate paths, and then when I came back as, back as a head coach at Tucker, uh, we kind of just picked off like, oh, man, I know you. You remember me? And then just went from there. <laughs> yeah. You are you are one of many. And, and there's a couple of these dudes in the Hall of Fame that have the same story about this man over here. <laughs> Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com, talking to um, Franklin Stevens, head coach of uh, McEachin High School, getting ready for the Cokie Kell Classic. Can I have you expand a little bit more on something that you said earlier when you were talking about uh, Sam asked you about playing that 10 a.m. game? And you guys get up, mm-hmm. I think you said 7 to noon or something like that. So you practice regular uh, on the regular early in the mornings. But you also then said that some of your better practices are late in the day. I mean, even though you wouldn't no, want no, to no, play. What I said is, no, no, no. I, I better practice early in the morning. We practice at 6 in the morning. And I think, it has, I think it has something to do for our kids. I think it has to do with focus. They haven't gone through the day. They haven't lost that energy. It's the first thing that they do in, in that day. So, you know what I'm talking about? As a teenager, you still kind of got their attention a little bit. <laughs> their energy level is still up. And like I said, I think it's, it's all about training. I think they just kind of get trained to do it. And uh, I think for them, the carrot is, oh, man, I got the rest of my day. <laughs> you were and, talking- you know, as a coach, I'd be thinking, hey, there's a lot we can get done here for the rest of the day. Coach, looking at your schedule, you got coming up in now. You obviously you you, you can't look too far around your first game, North Gwinnett. They're always uh, tough, and <laughs> and you guys got a little history reason from uh, some playoff games that y'all have faced each other in. Uh, but but after that, Langston Hughes, you got Douglas uh, Newton. Uh, you put on your track shoes, those guys. Are and then your, your old school Tucker. I had a chance to look at them a little bit last night. Uh, they got mm-hmm. some speed and some size, and Valdosta 
And this is before you get yeah. to your region. Yeah, I'm thinking about firing my schedule. He sucks. <laughs> 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 oh, my God, he's awful. <laughs> shit, last year was Grayson and – who was the last year? It was Grayson, Milton, and um, dang, uh, I can't even remember. Uh, Marietta and Hillgrove and somebody else. But, you know, when you're in 7A and you got a five-team region, so you only got four teams in the region, it's hard picking up six games. And, you know, that's the thing about, you know, the way things are now. I experienced it when I was down and where we're in a five-team region. I come up here, we're in a five-team region, and, I mean, it's, it's unbelievably hard, and, and you know people are just knocking down. They're not knocking down your door, trying to you know play you. So you know everybody want to win, and they want to schedule wins, and they want a little competition here and there. But unfortunately, you know it just ends up week in and week out. And you know we scrimmaged Cedar Grove last night, and you know everybody knows about Cedar Grove. Yeah, a big athletic football team, and they're a very well coached good football team. And you know, one of the reasons we did that is to kind of get ourselves set up so that when we get in there with North Gwinnett, we're just not overwhelmed and not shocked by their size and speed. And look at um, Langston Hughes, it's kind of the same way in regards to it. But at the same time, it is, and this is the way I think about it, you know, if I got to go play people, we might as well try to play the best of the best. And there's no glory in being people who are not very good. I mean, if you want to find out about yourself and, you know, it's not an arrogant statement or anything along those lines, you know, when I was at Tuck and some of those other places, you know, I, my thing was, hey, we'll play anybody anywhere. Let's get it on. And, uh, you know, McKeith, uh, history-wise, you know, they've been a great program. And, you know, we, we've done some good things. But we dropped off a little bit, and now we feel like, hey, here we go. We're getting ready to come back up on that incline. And, uh, you know, that's what we want. We we feel like, you know, we're one of the top programs in, in the state in 7 and football. And, uh, you know, to to be one of those teams, you got to go out and beat people. And like I said, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to put anybody down, but uh, you know, when you look at North Gwinnett, they're going to be one of the top seven football teams in the state year in year out. When you look at Langston Hughes, they just played for a state championship, and you know, don't look through their recruiting profiles because if you look through their recruiting profiles, you start going, "Shit, it's called football team." So, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, they're going to be a very good football team. You know, same thing with Douglas. You know, I mean, you said something about social media earlier. You see all the tweets coming out left and right about, you know, where these guys are committing all of a sudden. You know, they got their fair share of college guys out there. Uh, Newton County, we played those guys the last two years. And I got a big physical football team as well, <laughs> fast football team. And yeah. From my understanding, you know, they've got one of the better defensive linemen in the nation. And then, uh, you know, Tucker, I'm very familiar with Tucker from when I was over there at Tucker. You know, they're a little bit different over there speed-wise and mentality-wise. And then just to be able to take your people, your kids and your fans down to South Georgia and to historic Bays, you know, Ohio State. And, I mean, that's just an unbelievable opportunity for our kids. You, know, you talk about going into the – into Cork and Kale, into the um, state is done. I'm not going to say Bayes, Ohio State is like that, but just from a history perspective, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an unbelievable place to uh, play in and go down there and play by it. So, yeah, the schedule need to be fired. But at the same time, uh, you know, we, we're not going we're not going to shy away from competition if we can. Yeah, uh, you know, we being in seven eight, you got to play these guys. And I'm pretty sure if you look at, you know, maybe Grayson or Mill Creek or. Bo- all these people are having to do the same thing for the most part. It's just, you know, it's tough to find people when you got to find that many games. Yeah. Well, as far as that scheduler, he wants to take, we know a guy. 
<laughs> we, we know a guy who can help you out. That's all I'm going to say. Well, you know, I'm coaching defense line right now, and I think we jumped outside about seven times last night. And I was like, God, I might have to defense line coach. I'll find that guy if it wasn't me. <laughs> coach, Steve, we thank you for getting up and spending some time with us this morning. Always great catching yes, up sir. with you. Always great to see you. Look forward to seeing uh, you real soon. And at 10 o'clock uh, on August 20th down at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you guys are taking on North Gwinnett. Uh, to kick off a big uh, day of four games for the Corky Kale Kickoff Classic. Thanks so much for the time, Coach. Thank you, sir. No problem. Thank you for having me. All right. And that also reminds us, of course, you can hear Corky Kell right here, Sports Radio 929 Game. And starting August 19th, it's HSSS. You want to know what McEachern did, Grayson, Marietta, East Coweta, Noonan, all them schools, they will be brought to you on the High School Scoreboard Show every Friday night with Chris Parker and – the Hall of Famer. I know Hall of Famer. Yeah, you'll get there. Sam Crenshaw. <laughs> they might put me out in the hall. I'll in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to uh, go from high school to the NFL, talking football with Russell Baxter. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg on this Saturday morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for making us a part of your uh, weekend on the 6th day of August. You hear this music, you know it's the uh, intro music, and there's only a few people that we have on the show that has their own intro music, walk-on music, if you will. Yeah. And that Russell Baxter, actually, I think Russell was the first. Yep. He was the first person to have his own theme music, bringing him in on the show. We say to you, it's been a while, Russell. Good morning to you, sir. How are you? Morning. Good morning. I think I was the first. I think uh, you, you originally did my uh, walk-in music on uh, cassette, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, it, was, it was an eight-track. It was an eight-track. That's what it was. And we could, and it, go. Anytime there your you power go. went out, we could we lost you. We couldn't re, you know, rewind it. There it was an go. eight-track. Eight-track. <laughs> How are you, man? Listen, um... Lots of stories and individual stories going around the league here, but we had the Hall of Fame announcement this past week. Um, stories or thoughts from some of the guys that were um, that are getting inducted? Uh, well, I was at the game on uh, Thursday, which is really kind of takes a backseat to what why you're really here. Um, and I was at the very stirring uh, gold jacket ceremony last night. That's something really to put on your bucket list. Um, for the people who haven't been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and you get a chance to attend the ceremonies, I, I would highly recommend that you go to the Gold Jacket ceremony. Um, you know, when you see over a hundred uh, Hall of Famers uh, come out, um, and then you actually get to watch, uh, and more and more you're seeing this, Sam and Greg, uh, family members uh, presenting the jacket um, to the inductee. Uh, you know, last night we had, uh, you know, we have eight new members. Um, there were only really five jackets presented to the player because obviously Sam Mills and Cliff Branch are no longer with us. Uh, Art McNally was given his jacket um, to, I believe it was his grandchildren last night because I guess he's not able to move around or, and he sent a video message. And so I remember you're dealing with, in some instances, you're dealing with, you know, uh, people who uh, 
struggle to to walk. Um, you know, when they did the introductions last night, I think the first five did not walk up to the stage uh, because, you know, they're obviously a little older and um, things don't go as well for them and so on. So a lot of them sit back. Um, but, I mean, when you sit there in a room and you've got Anthony Munoz, Michael Irvin, Lynn Swan, um, you know, I could go on and on. Jerry Rice was there last night. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a Jim Kelly, you know, I'm not going to do all 100, but, uh, well, let me, let me stop you real quick. Russell, who's the guy who all the other hall of famers stop when he comes into the room? Is it Jim Brown? Is it somebody else? Well, Jim was one of those guys who could not come up to the stage last night, to be honest with you. I don't think there's anyone necessarily stops. There's, you know, when you're in the, in this, at the ceremony, a lot of the cheers, uh, bigger cheers go for, um, depending on who's there in terms of the fan base. Obviously, Tony Baselli, there was a lot of Jaguar fans who made the trip. He's the first, he was the first pick of the Jaguars in 1995. He's the first member of the Jaguars to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, you know, and today, when we get to the ceremony of the speeches and the bust and all that stuff, which, by the way, is at noon Eastern time. It is not tonight. Okay, so make sure you're watching. Why, why, um, why, why, why is it daytime this time, Russell? Why is it daytime? I'm not sure, but it used to be daytime, Sam. I'm actually writing a reminiscent piece. The first year I came to the Hall of Fame was 1989. Now, I want you to understand how different it was. The ceremony was at 11 o'clock in the morning. The ceremony was on the steps of the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You probably got about 300 people in person who were able to watch it, and they were either sitting in wooden chairs like me and my brother were, or you're sitting up on a wall. The game was at 2.30 in the afternoon on Saturday. So it has obviously changed a lot. The game is now in prime time. That started in 1999 when the Browns came back. Um, The ceremony is now at the stadium. And this is one of my favorite stories and uh, a person I got a chance to work with. Jim Kelly uh, was inducted in 2002. He told the hall, and if you know Jim, he's a man of his word, I'm bringing about 3,000 people with me. And he did. Wow. (laughs) Wow. You can't get get 3,000 people at the steps. So they moved the ceremony to the stadium, and it's been there ever since. That's amazing, folks. Put his hand on the wayforward.com hotline with Russell Baxter. He is social. You can find him on Twitter at VaxFootballGuru, at VaxFootballGuru. People in our part of the world are really uh, proud of Richard Seymour. Uh, played collegially at the University of Georgia, obviously a part of the teams up at the New England Patriots. Uh, thoughts about him making it in today, and what might we hear from him today? Well, I, I would say of all the people there were last night, he was, you know, if you want to use the term quiet, um, but that was kind of how his career was, not not the impact he made on the field. I, I saw a quote last night they did in a piece that, that, that Bill Belichick, who drafted him, I think, seventh overall in 2001, that was the first year, uh, they won their first Super Bowl. He goes, we would not have been able to win those three Super Bowls without Richard Seymour. Um, Richard Seymour was a guy you could plug on anywhere on the defensive line, a 4-3, a 3-4, a defensive tackle, a nose tackle, a defensive end, um, consistent, reliable, eventually got traded um, to the Raiders, which, you know, as you know, the Patriots always would – kind of cut ties while a a guy could still kind of play and so on and and played well with the Raiders. Um, But to me, 
that versatility was what made him so appealing to Bill Belichick. Anybody who knows Bill Belichick's coaching style and his pedigree, I mean, he wants guys who can do various things. Look at what he did with Troy Brown. Um, look, just the guys, Richard Seymour, I believe, lined up in the backfield as a fullback one time, a blocking back, I love the fridge, wow. and so on. So um, he was, and, and, and I was talking with somebody yesterday, Ian Glendon, who is my editor at Full Press Coverage, um, and it's, it's interesting because when you see a guy who is a, a pro bowler and an all-pro and he does it at several different positions, it reminds me of one guy who's not in the Hall of Fame yet who was a pro bowler at three different positions on the defensive line. And maybe you know, that versatility opens up the door for a guy named Joe Klecko. Yeah. Joe Klecko. Whoa. Hey, you heard that in a minute. I know. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92. No, unfortunately, you haven't heard it in a minute. And I, I think he's a guy who definitely deserved I mean, obviously, Mark Gastineau was the, the highlighter with all the sacks. And Joe certainly had his share of sacks and so on. But, uh, you know, he's a Joe Klecko is a great story. And, um, you know, now that we're getting to the stage, and I don't know if you guys are aware, um, they, they pared down the list a little bit. But for the next three years, 2023, 24, 25, instead of one Veterans Committee nominee, there will be three. So in the new regime at the Hall, and I know a number of the voters and so on, um, they're trying to make up for lost time um, when it comes to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This is something to keep in mind. And this is obviously my, my annual PSA. Please don't blame the NFL for who's in the Hall of Fame. The NFL doesn't run the Hall yep. of Fame. It yeah. is the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but it's a separate entity. Okay? But I'll just use the the start of the NFL guys for a little perspective. The first year the recognized NFL was under a different name then was 1920. The first year of the Pro Football Hall of Fame was 1963. You think there's a little backlog there? Yeah, quite a few guys. Quite a few. Quite what, a few. What is the guy? Here, here's a, you, you talk about Joe Klecko going in. Here's a guy who should go in, um, and I just can't remember his last name right now, but the big dude who let everybody know every David, uh, who let everybody know that they were inducted, who would come knock on their door. Oh, Baker. But David Baker, right. Oh, David Baker. He retired. Yeah, he's no longer the president. He, uh, he stepped away last year. Yes. Uh, there's a new president there. Um, you what? know, there's a guy who can be considered because should be considered because of his contribution. That's what I'm saying. He absolutely yeah, should be. You know, the David kind of um, you didn't see the knock on the door thing by him, by other people and so on. He, he, he brought a little pizzazz mm-hmm. um, to the football hall of fame the last couple of years and so on. And um, the new president spoke last night and so on. And they're kind of going through their change with the new regime and all that. But, um, that's a guy as a contributor who I could certainly see uh, down the road. I, again, reminding people, it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This is not just recognized NFL. And I'll give you a perfect example. Um, Otto Graham is one of many players who played for the Browns uh, since their inception. Now, in, their inception was 1946 in the – not the AFC, which is – we have now, but the AAFC, or the All-American Football Conference. Right. And, of course, the Browns won the, the championship there all four years they were there, 46, 47, 48, 49. 
And then, of course, they joined the NFL in 1950, and there was those skeptics that said, well, they, you know, rinky-dink, blah, 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 blah. All they did in 1950 is win the NFL championship um, in their very first year in the league, (laughs) but won two more after that. The NFL does not recognize the statistics of Otto Graham and those players because it was not the NFL from 46 to 49. The Pro Football Hall of Fame does. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So back you find out. Uh, well, all we know out here in Atlanta, we want we want to see Tommy Novis go, get, get in. Yeah. We do. And an, and another well, guy that I want to get in. On my list. Yeah. Know, I was I did it. I I'm sorry to interrupt you, Sam. I did a piece a year and a half ago, and I do I have a new piece coming out, but this is more about modern players um, that I think will be in once their time is ready and they retire and all that. But I did a piece a year and a half ago um, with thirty guys who I thought should be in the Hall of Fame. Now, I did it a year and a half ago, and I'll probably update it in February, but five of those guys are in now. Um, Richard Seymour, Tony Baselli, Leroy Butler. Um, who am I missing? I'm missing one, but the one, my number one on my list, and, and you know, last night he's not he's with us anymore. Uh, I, I believe it was his sister who came up and got uh, his award as Cliff Branch. Yeah. Uh, the wide receiver from the yep. Oakland Raiders yeah. was, I mean, Cliff played – Pre-rules change in 1978, he played a few years after that, part of three championship teams, caught over just over 500 passes. He was the premier deep threat of the decade. And usually, more times than not, came up very, very big in the postseason. I, was, I got a chance to meet Cliff Branch uh, at the Pro Bowl in Hawaii 20-something years ago. He was actually selling his own memorabilia at the time. And he couldn't have been nicer, very gracious. I told him, not that I had any pull, that I think you're going to be in there one day in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and God bless him, he is. Yeah, fantastic. We, Russell, we, we're up against it, and we're going to bring you back here as often as we can. Uh, you can fit us into your schedule. But you've mentioned a couple times about you wrote this article. Where can people go to read your stuff? Well, I, I actually put it out there again, Backs Football Guru. And I'll retweet it again Okay. Um, this morning after we get done. Again, it's a year and a half old, okay? But the 25 that are still eligible, I believe, should be in one day. Um, and I'm going to update the piece uh, down the road and so on. Um, and some of the guys and, – and so, you know, the reason I'm waiting is sometime in February, we're gonna, maybe a couple more guys who are on that list are going to get in as well, you know, via the seniors committee and all that. So we'll see. So I don't want to jump the gun and do it too soon and so on, but I'll retweet it out there again. Keep in mind, it's a year and a half old. Somebody messaged me on Facebook and started naming all these guys and should be in the hall of fame. And half of them are already in the piece. Reading is fundamental. Fantastic. (laughs) You know what? You just provided us with a good read to go with our cup of coffee as we wait for 12 noon and the, and the uh, induction ceremony. So we thank you for that. Hey, how about that? Enjoy the rest of your day, Russell. As always, we can't thank you enough for getting up and being part of the show. No problem. Have a good day. Enjoy the ceremonies and keep something in mind when you're watching them. Watch the families Yeah. because those players made the physical sacrifice. The families made the rest of the sacrifices. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's true. That's that true. is Russell Baxter joining us. We have got Eric's World up next. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app.
Sports Radio 929 Game, 929thegame.com. Sam and Greg, let's take start singing. This take me back to Friday nights at the alma mater back in the day. I thought you were going to tell me this like skating party. No, it was like, oh, you weren't hearing this and playing roller skating? Yeah, some. I was in this moment at the alma mater, man. We had a little things on Friday night. Play that. Yeah. Kenny Main, you know, has joined the Odyssey family. Yes, he has. With Hey Main. Got all kinds of new episodes every week. You want to check out Hey Main, and you all know Kenny Main. Everybody knows Kenny Main. Download Hey Main on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I was going to say, I was stretching over there. On this uh, sixth day of August, before we jump into Eric's world, um, you were talking baseball earlier, and, yes. and it reminded me when um, Russell brought up the Browns. On this date. Okay. 1952, Ooh. a 46-year-old, let me say it again, a 46-year-old Satchel Page became the oldest member in Major League Baseball history to throw a complete game shutout. That's, am- that's amazing, at that age. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, my goodness. 46. You got to do get ready to start a football year uh, at 45. Yeah. Like, yeah, he just had his birthday a couple days ago. Playing quarterback and pitching in Major Leagues, I get it, a little bit different. But – Still getting it done. Yeah, I know Throwing it. a fastball by guys right down. And 52. A complete game. Thank you. And, you know, it you, wasn't you, like you, there was you, a slouch you, of hitters back then. You try to get guys, try to get guys to do a complete game now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, coming up, uh, we are going to talk Falcons and NFL. A little bit more of it in the 8 o'clock hour. Rojean Bailey is going to join us. That is a very, very special guest that we've been looking forward to having on here. And uh, our tributes to Vin and Bill Russell are going to continue. But it is now time for Eric's World. I don't need a complete game. I just need five innings out of a starter with an 8-0 lead. You just won't let that go. I know. I'm I'm biting my tongue about letting things go, go. but I ain't going to say nothing. (laughs) I'm sorry I cut off the – I don't know. I heard that pause, and I thought it – You have to pay attention. We're gonna play, you know, we're gonna I, listen, I listened to the end of it, and he had his story, his moral at you the end. You cut off the payoff. Yeah. This is like a comedian okay. who the, the sound goes out right when he's about to do the punchline of his joke. <laughs> That's what you did. Yeah, That's what did. you did, and it is uh, maddening. Bad producer. Maddening. Bad producer. Yeah. Bad producer. Go ahead. I, I, What's I'll, up with Eric's world? We'll play it again. We'll play it again. We'll, I'm play go, it again. well I'm going to go sit in the corner and time out after, after, the, after my go segment. Ahead. That's all right. A uh, lot going on this week uh, as high school, you know, we can't just think about football. High school sports are officially underway. Mm-hmm. All the fall sports. I was on the field last night sweating because it was fish grease hot to take away from Sam. But yeah, it is. a great softball tip-off. Or I'm not, it's not about softball kickoff tournament that's going on. I'll be at Campbell High School to finish it off. And uh, I was – I guess I should feel honored because when I got my schedule, I didn't realize it, but one of the coaches – pointed out to me that I have the championship game today at four o'clock. So, really? Yeah. Look so, at you. Yeah. So I guess I guess I'm moving up a little bit. One of my you know it's funny, one of my um fellow umpires, he texted me and we we started together. We're both five years in and you know we both we know we're moving up. But he texted me last week when he got his first assignment. He's like, man, I'm moving up. I got Lassiter versus River Ridge as his first game. I'm like, man, that's a state title quality softball game. Yeah. River Ridge was a Final Four team last year, and last year won it all. So I'm like, you know, yeah, if you get that game to start your season, yeah. your assigner appreciates your work. Okay. So, you know, he got that, and then he was he was a little upset to find out I had two games on because I got the tournament. He was uh, like, you got two. But I'm like, look, you got a state championship quality game. Yeah, I got two because I'm working a tournament, but 
six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. <laughs> you know. But that's where I'll be this afternoon. Um, going to give a shout-out to one of our loyal listeners, listens to you guys all the time. He's also one of my umpiring friends. We do baseball together, but his name's Joe Schuster. He's on his way up to Lake Point. You might know about this, Sam, the, uh, the what's it, the U.S. basketball like it's like an all-star team type situation. It's um, he gave me the official showcase. The showcase, right? He mm-hmm. gave me the official name of. It. He says teams from North Carolina, Virginia, but the elite of the elite. Yep. And he's working that event. It's called the. Let's take a look here. It's put on by Halftime Sports, and it's uh, just a U.S. basketball games. U.S. basketball games. Okay. So, okay. I mean, twelve courts in just ages. Uh, I think it's from the fifth grade all the way through the seniors in high school. But, you know, let's just hope that that event goes smoothly because sometimes up at Lake Point you can have some. Uh, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. You, know, you got the best of the best. Everybody's trying, trying, to, trying to put on their best show. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Bronny James is in town. He's been, uh, you know, he's over in Paris somewhere playing. But, uh, I mean, how amazing is that? Yeah, yeah that's something. You know, we thought, we thought it was I, – I, as a – I think I was a junior in high school, not high school, I'm sorry, a junior at college at Morehouse, when Dwight Howard and Randolph Childress were making their rounds, mm-hmm. you know, putting their games on ESPN. It was just a year before because right. Dwight was the first pick in 04, LeBron was the first pick in 03. It was just a year before that that, you know, you got high school kids playing on ESPN on a Friday night because Kobe never got to play on ESPN. Yep, no, that, that was a new thing. Kevin Garnett never got to play on ESPN. No, that, that was but, a new thing. You know, they called us and it was like, well, we want to have one of the games at Morehouse, then we're going to have one of the games at Georgia Tech, and of course, me being a part of the Morehouse staff, is like, we know we need you guys to work the games. You know, those guys thought it was the ma- most amazing thing in the world to have a high school game on ESPN. Yeah. Now you got high school teams going to Paris. Yeah, yeah but those, those were games between, I think, uh, Southwest Atlanta Christian and Landmark. Yes, which right. Small That's right. schools with very tiny gyms. Tiny gyms, right? And uh, they moved them out. And I remember being the one they played at Georgia Tech, Pat Riley. Yeah. I remember oh, yeah. talking to Pat Riley. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh everybody yeah. came. because a high school game. It was, it was amazing <laughs> because at the time, it was a debate between which one of those two guys were the number one high school player in the country. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, even though Dwight went on to be number one, Randolph Childress ate his lunch in the game that I was at. Yeah. You they, they, when they all part of the uh, Atlanta Celtics, you know. AAU team. With AAU Josh, team. With, with him and uh, Josh uh, from the Hawks. Slam dunk champion. Uh, Do you think people know the name Josh of that? Josh Smith. Josh, Josh Smith. Smith. No, yeah. the name of that team. You just said it, and I'm sure that people went, well, Sam just messed up. He just called them the Celtics. Do you think well, they know that? people who follow the, the basketball AAU. scene, especially, yeah. especially, especially the travel ball scene, and know that those guys were all on the same on, on, on the same team? Yeah, the Atlanta Celtics one of the best AAU teams in the country. Yeah, at least they were. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, they still? were. Mm, probably. They still one got of the best reputations. Yeah, yeah one of the best reputations. organizations. Very much. Did y'all see the foot? Oh, sorry, this is still Eric's no, world. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You want you to finish? Want to finish up everything you got? And lastly, you know, like I mentioned in the first part of the show. My goddaughter, lover to death, she's turned – well, she just turned 16. How, how's this? This is a sad thing. So she turned 16 last week, technically. But she turned 16 on the day before her older brother, who just graduated high school, had to leave to go to college. Mm. So it took a little shine off of – you know, she's you know, product of a single, single mom family. That's why I'm so close to him. You know, you're turning 16, but tomorrow I got to take your big brother – to college. So what can I do for you? You know, I can't plan a big party because the next morning I'm getting up at the crack of dawn <laughs> to take big bro away to school. <laughs> so she took it like a champ. She was like, look, I'll wait. I'll wait. 
we'll do something else. So first thing she said, well, I just want to go out and bring the family together and do a Sunday brunch and figure out somewhere to go in the city. But I just kind of felt, you know, we didn't feel bad. We just like, man, it's just what bad time. And her birthday is the day before we got to leave town. We can't plan a party because we got to take Big Brother to college. So tomorrow we're going to do Sweet 16 for my lovely goddaughter, Ivy Brummett. But you don't know where you're going to take her yet. Not yet. We're still trying to figure it out. We're trying to come up with that. We're still going to come up with that. Sunday brunch. She's a junior at New Manchester. She's in the fame. Did you know they have a fame program? When I hear really? fame, of course, I think of a TV show, but yeah. it's Fine Arts Magnet Education at okay. New Manchester High School. So that's where it is for Douglas County. They're, yeah. They're, they're, they're yeah. Fine Arts Magnet. Yep. She, okay. da- she does ballet and oh, man. dance. Yeah. She do can awesome. draw like Picasso. It's and, amazing. The schools that are the Fine Arts Magnets, like uh, yeah. Pebblebrook for Cobb and uh-huh. North Atlanta for, for Atlanta. Yeah, North yeah. Atlanta has been the most yeah. the premier one in the city forever. Oh, yeah, for a long right, time. Cue up that, Vin. We're going we're gonna to go into spots and let it play. All the way through. We'll come back to that. But you guys were talking about uh, some of the things that happened this past week. Did you see any of the, the crawl over? Crawl over? And, and the, you know, the Hawks and those guys got together. The big three got together. And that collective double dunk, excuse me, double alley-oop. You didn't see that footage? Y'all got to see the footage. Okay. Right. I saw Trey talking Trey. about we bringing it, we ready to go. Trey, uh, John Collins to, um, uh, oh. DeAndre Mary. Jante Mary. Yes, yes, thank you. Our new big three. Yes, and it was a double alley oop. <laughs> Y'all got to see this. You got. You just got to see it. <laughs> it, right. it made you just smile. Go. Ooh, when does it see? Looking at your watch, going. Yeah, when, is it October yet? Yeah, when are these guys coming? When are they coming? We get out of here at ten o'clock. I tell you that because I want to remind you. Coming up today, we have Andy Bunker, you Douglas, following us. Mm-hmm. They're going to be out at Falcons training camp from ten until one. I want to remind people they can go out there. Yeah, well, the you day, just the did. Day, the day is open practice. Gates open at nine thirty. Uh, gates open at eight thirty, and it's open practice. Uh, team be on the field at nine thirty. There you go. And yeah. we're going to be out there all next week. But just want to let you know today, Andy and Hugh going to be there from ten until one, and then followed by John Chuckery and Mike Bell going to be at Mercedes Benz getting ready for. Um, Atlanta United in Seattle. Yep. So we got you covered. And then all the next week. Remember how last week, you know, one of the days were off? Like next week, I think Thursday, they're going to put a plug into it. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all of our day parts are going to be out there. We still got Dukes and Baylor Hooters. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so jealous of those guys. So, how do you, how do, who, who do we need to call? Because who, 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 who I, I don't know, but here's the how thing. they end up with that? I, I, this is my speculation. Not just one this, or two days. They there every day. And I'll tell you why. What, what? Here's a speculation. Huh? The other shows are three hour shows. They do a five hour show. So they need an extra incentive. So that's why they got them at Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> but we gotta give them credit because they not only do they and five that's not hours, a bad deal. Yeah. they also spend half the morning. That's right at camp, so they yeah, have a they long are. day. They I guess long they deserve. They go I, I, I'm not mad at them but being they, the Hooters. Not one bit. Speak for yourself. They're, yeah, they're every day. Man. They're gonna be at the Hooters in, in Buford. Yeah, they're at the Monday, Monday, the Mall of Georgia Tuesday and Wednesday. They're right there at the Mall of Georgia. Andy and Randy will be. At I've Twin. been listening to them this week. They've been having a good time. Yeah, they are. And then Andy and Randy are gonna be at Twin Peaks and Buckhead. Okay. All right. Um, just want to let you know what's going on around here. We're going to come back and, <laughs> what's going on around and, here? and talk to a very special guest. Very, very, very special guest. A, as we talk about broadcasters that we lost this past week, this guy, and I'm so glad he's still with us. And this was the first radio connection I made when I came to the city. You've known him for years, but yet I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever met him. I've talked to him on the phone. Okay. I'm so looking forward to this, and especially because we get to – 
kind of morph into the blues. Yeah. And that's going to be fun. That will be. That's going to be, be real we'll, fun. We'll be. So that is coming up. But we leave you as we continue throughout the show, paying our little tributes to Vin Scully and Bill Russell. We uh, had this, unfortunately, accidentally cut off earlier. This is Vin Scully at, at his essence. I mean, calling a game, telling a story, and, and, and just winding things up perfectly. And by the way, when you listen to this, see if you can pick out the Paul Harvey moment. Because he does, he uses one of those in this too. So, rest in peace, Vin. You know, Bumgarner tells a story which, in a sense, reminds you of what it takes to be a big league ball player. It's two years ago in spring training, and he and his wife were roping cattle, which is what they do. One one pitch, sinker low, ball two, two and one, and they were startled by a large snake. And Madison thought it was a rattlesnake, so he grabbed an axe and he hacked the snake to pieces. But there's something more to the story. Two one pitch, low, ball three, three and one. When his wife Allie and an expert field dresser examined what was left of the snake, she found two baby jackrabbits inside pieces of the snake and extracted them. 3-1 pitch to Turner way inside ball four and after she extracted them a short while later the Bumgarners noticed that one of the rabbits had moved slightly it was alive well his wife brought the rabbit back to their apartment for the next few days they kept it warm bottle nursed it and the rabbit soon was healthy enough that they released it into the wild and Madison said just think about how tough that rabbit was. First it gets eaten by a snake, then the snake gets chopped to pieces, then it gets picked up by people and lives. It's all true. Meanwhile, line drive base hit to center by Hendrick, and the Dodgers are in business, first and second and nobody out. So I guess really the morale to the whole story about the rabbit and the snake, you've got to somehow survive, you've got to somehow battle back. A lesson well taught for all of us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 